We're talking about self-esteem today, and today's topic is where and when does the process of self-esteem begin? You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about what self-esteem is. It's all about whose we are, but how to uh, raise your child up to know that it's not about performance. It's about who you belong to, who you're living for, and that shapes how you view yourself, because that's what self-esteem is, right? Absolutely. We had a milestone this year with a kid at Sheridan House, and the average kid at Sheridan now stays about a year. Some have stayed seven years. You stay till you're done, yeah. One stayed seven years and went right to college from us. But you stay till you're done with what, what we're working on in your life. And this child came. His dad had just recently died. His mom had gone in a hole. He was very, very, very withdrawn, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to compete, wouldn't smile, wouldn't look you in the eye. He just finished the program at Sheridan House, and they invited me out for what we call Iron Man, which is the last day of the summer. And this kid who wouldn't do anything, wouldn't look in the eye, was laughing he, at the big banquet at the end of the year for these little guys. It's actually a barbecue. He got the Golden Glove Award for the best baseball player. But in the Ironman, you do this obstacle course, and you end up by scaling over this wall. It's a wall, and it, going over the wall is a little challenging with a rope, and a lot of boys don't even want to do it. We did have a house mom, a mother do it this wow. year, though, Yeah, so which made every little boy try a little harder. <laughs> yeah. This boy went over the wall, hit the ground, looked at all of us. I mean, he's being timed. He should have taken off with the biggest smile on his face. And we realize he's gotten over the wall, not just that wall there. He's gotten over the wall. The yes, difficult things have happened to me, but I know who I am now because I know whose I am now. Mm -hmm. And until you really, really know whose you are, you can't know who I am. And you cannot be your peers. I'm in the group I want to be in. That's why I dress like them, look like them, act like them. Then you're in trouble. You know, it's great to be part of a team. I went through high school and college being part of a team. But I got to be bigger than the team. In fact, when I came to Christ while with the team, they really couldn't figure out what was going on with me anymore. And it was a little ugly for a while. I've got to know whose I am. And self-esteem really, really starts basically at birth. There's a word that we use. We've probably overused the word. It's called bonding. But it's a mother-child word. A great illustration of that is World War II. They were bombing London, and there was an orphanage. And I've been looking for the research on this, and I can't find it. I read this research when I was in graduate school. And in this orphanage, parents were taking their children, and it was a remote orphanage out of London, and they were putting their babies in this orphanage because London was being bombed. They went back to London, and they were working, but they were leaving their babies. And there were more babies in this little hospital orphanage than anybody could hold to pick up. They basically changed their diapers and fed them, changed their diapers and fed them. They weren't getting held. And what they saw was a real delayed development of these babies because they weren't getting held. They had the same physical abilities to develop, but they weren't getting held. They found the same thing again in Romania, I believe it is, in an orphanage with older children who were not being attended to. They were just shut in and fed basically under a door, and they were tremendously underdeveloped. The beginning of risking things for a child is out of bonding, out of a parent-child relationship, where and it starts with mom. Mom is just jacked over every effort that child makes. I mean, let's think about it. It's easier to crawl. Risking wobbling, I've got a grandson who is now walking, and he looks like a drunken sailor going around our house. He's just hilarious watching him walk. But he's so proud to do it, and he looks up, and he's attempting to run now because if I'm getting this much from everybody walking, why wouldn't I try to do it faster? Yes. 
And so that's the beginning of the process. And it really is, I love you. This effort is the goal, not the success. You will not be more loved when you can run the 110 in under 10 seconds. Ruben, you're risking walking and you're walking now and you're moving around and you're doing the right things. And so it's not that I love you less when you perform less. I love you and the effort gets cheers and you get cheers and you get held. So self-esteem begins really at birth and in the birth process, and it starts with mom, and it stretches out to dad after a while, Mm -hmm. and then you risk in the church daycare center or nursery during church, and all of a sudden, they're not the center of the universe. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and there's a little bit of fighting for toys, and you learn how to handle life. But the other area that it happens is you're the baby. You are dealt with like a baby. You're the center of mom's life. And then all of a sudden, you're three years old, and you're the center of the universe. And mom does this bizarre thing. She has another baby. (laughs) And we all wonder, why is it that that child, that older child, is a little disoriented by a baby? And even Tori saying, I want to take him back to the hospital. <laughs> she wanted to see if we could get a, get a return Her on brother. him. Yes, Roby. She wanted to take Tori, Roby back. But let's put this in a different context. I'm married to Rosemary for three years, and all of a sudden I bring home a second wife. You know, Rosemary, this is cool. And now I'm bringing home, you know, whoever. I want to have two wives. Uh, one wife was great. Let's have two. Let's try three. It's kind of the same in a, in a different way for this little baby. Unlike its sin with multiple wives, right. <laughs> multiple children is healthy. And drawing that child, in, the older child, into a leadership position and making a big deal. You're a big sister now. And when Tori got that, it was unbelievable how she got it. Mm. And she almost became a mom where we had to back her off a little bit and unbelievably defensive of him in high school when she was a senior and he was a a freshman. It was actually kind of phenomenal watching her get it. So understanding that self-esteem starts basically at birth, coming out of the womb and the cutting of the umbilical cord and the self-esteem, the confidence I have that I'm loved where I can risk a little more independence and a little more independence out of your bed and into the crib, out of your room immediately, immediately. And the bonding process begins. And I don't have to see you or touch you to know I'm loved by you. Mm. Now, what happens then for children, and you work with them all the time at Sheridan House Family Ministries, but kids who don't have a healthy self-esteem, they didn't have that bonding. A lot of foster kids go through that. Kids who have been uh, abused, and they come into these homes, or they're already in middle school, and they're just, you can tell they're just destroyed. Can you start at that point? I mean, I know that there's... (laughs) There's going to be challenges ahead, but... um, If I didn't think you could start at that point, I wouldn't work at Sheridan House. You know, this year is the 25th anniversary of his caring place. And at the banquet, they brought back 25 years worth of kids whose lives were absolutely changed, uh, even from birth, even being born and adopted out or whatever it was. You would think that Joseph would be damaged. You would think that Moses would be damaged because he was yanked out of his home at about four years old and put in a pagan daycare center at Pharaoh's palace. You would think that. But in reality, if all things, and it says, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, there's a trust issue here that God can make this good stuff happen. It's Genesis 50 where Joseph turns to his brothers and says, you know, I know you meant it for evil, but look what God did. He did it for good. Amen. I, I mean, shame on me to not forgive you. I'm better off today. Mm. I'm. I, look at me. It's unbelievable. So 
I think that we have to know that God knows. And uh, I heard Beth Moore make a statement years ago, your father knows about this. And that was very profound for me. I actually kept that on a sticky, a little sticky by my computer for a long time. My father knows about this. Whatever I'm dealing with, my father knows about this. And when Roby had to go in for a uh, serious eye surgery as a two-year-old, and my father knows about this. And uh, he, you know, wanted me holding his hand, and the doctor uh, let me probably in further than I ever wanted or needed to be in that situation. But my father knows about this. My father knows about this. I think there's a process here, even if you didn't have that parent relationship. I've used this story before, but I had a very damaged relationship with my dad, and it wasn't all his fault. A lot of it was my anger. When my mom died, we both ramped up the anger. And uh, my dad kind of never got it back, and a lot of times and during his singleness did a lot of drinking, and, and a great dad. I mean, we just were estranged. And I left home in my senior year of high school, and at the end of my senior year, I just, I'm done, and, and came back every now and then, but primarily done. And we were trying to reestablish ourselves, and I moved to South Florida, and he moved to South Florida, and he was here part of the year. And my first book came out, and I took my first book to my dad to show it to him. I, it was 1982. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I said, look, Dad, I've written a book. And he looked at it, and he said, who did the cover for you? It'll never sell with a cover like that. And I was devastated. I was devastated. And I just kind of threw the book on the dining room table and walked out of his house and got my car and drove up and down I-95 and then ended up down to Vizcaya pumping gas into my car. And I didn't hear an audible voice, but I sort of did. And he basically said, you know, you're like, God said, that's your dad. I'm your father. Mm. That's your dad. I'm your father. You keep going back to your dad to fill up your tank to feel good. There's nothing in that tank. Shame on you, not him. You've done it all your life. It's time to come to me. Changed my life. My dad became my dad then. I could still honor my dad, but I didn't have needs from him. I knew that at that point, all my self-esteem comes from God. It was the burning bush experience for me that everybody needs to have. Now, if you teach this to kids, I mean, you have it's got to hit home for them that, you know what, you've been through some stuff. Kids who have gone through divorce, too, mm-hmm. they're disoriented. And to teach them that, you know what, trust in your father. Yeah. Your dad and your mom are going to fail you. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, failed in many ways, and everybody will fail you, but he is your father. And you have to keep teaching them that. I mean, how long does it take to get that through their schools? My whole life. <laughs> My whole life, because I have those days when I'm driving on I-95, it's 9 o'clock at night, and the day didn't go well, and I ask God, you know, Lord, I, I just got to ask you, and I don't want to ask you in public, I don't want anybody to ever hear this, but are you there? And if you're there, could you just do, could you levitate the car in front of me or something right now? Could you just do something to show me that you're there? Mm-hmm. And I know he wants to say, son, you got to look in the rearview mirror of your life. I have been there. I think it's an ongoing, I know we think we come to Christ and we're there. And that's why Paul said also in Philippians, but you got to work it out of you. You got to work out your salvation. So with my kids, and I think with my kids, I want to talk to step parents right here. With my kids who, not my kids, but kids who have been in, in a damaged, broke a home that's a horrible term, broken home, but it's a broken marriage. It doesn't have to be a broken home. It became one flesh and ripped apart, and that's broken. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here are these children. And there's a step-parent coming in, and a step-parent came into my life, and I was brutal to her, brutal to her. Who did she think she was Uh, replacing my mom? And it was the worst of all moms. It was a mom who was dead, so she was deified. Uh, My mom did everything perfectly, and my mom was awesome, uh, but I'm pretty convinced she wasn't perfect. And so, you know, I'm brutal, but that stepmom kept stepping up and stepping up and stepping up and stepping up and not be influenced by me. 
Um, she kept stepping up, and so I got to see, I got to see love there. And God has always done that with me. He's always, I actually used this as an illustration this morning, a lady who died, Lynn Hunter, who was an older lady, great in my life. Uh, Fred Hunter from Fred Hunter Funeral Homes, they were mentors for me. Mm. So I love those people, but they will always let you down. And so step parent, when you let that child down, acknowledge it. Don't excuse it. I'm sorry. I did make a mistake. I raised my voice. We're still going to do this. I raised my voice. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I am not God. He is perfect. And I think as any parent, but especially even foster parents and uh, step parents, consistency also goes a long way. You, you admit your failures, but then if you're consistent saying, you know what, this is how it's going to be. I'm here. I, I love you. I had a conversation with a guy yesterday at the bank and found out he adopted someone uh, from uh, his house children's home in Miami. And I asked how it was going. And he said, it's taken about a year to get him out of the habit of lying. Yes. But just to keep saying, there's consequences to your lying, but I'm always here for you. Yes. There's consequences, but I'm always here for you. And I will fail. I'll admit my failures, but the fact that I'm always here. And you know what? Even more, God is here for you. And if you get that into, he says he's getting it. He's getting it. It's taken a year. I could finally see the habit of lying is going away. And you can see that he's smiling because he knows where he is, that he's loved, and that there's a heavenly father taking care of him. That blew me away. Oh, yes. Well, it's safe to tell the truth. Who broke the lamp? Not me. It's safe to tell the truth because you're building my self-esteem, and it's not built around performance. It's all built around (laughs) you love me regardless of my performance. And only in, in this true understanding, this only exists in Christ. The rest of the world is all about performance. So we've got a grasp here that we've got these little lives and we're impacting these little lives. And as we impact these little lives, I love you. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the relationship of self-esteem and discipline because if we don't understand the relationship of self-esteem and discipline, we will be damaging the child's self-esteem. And we're looking forward to that. That's tomorrow on Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. If you want to find out more about Sheridan House Family Ministries, Dr. Barnes, or the resources available uh, that will benefit the ministry, you can go online to shfm.org. That's shfm.org. And to hear this broadcast again and sign up for the daily parenting blog that you can get every day in your email box, you can go online to parentingtoday.org. That's parentingtoday.org. And we hope you'll join us tomorrow as we talk more about self-esteem and how it ties into discipline right here on Parenting Today. Today.